This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, O Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. Everybody to the politics, politics, politics program for November fourth, twenty twenty-two. Year old pal Justin Robert Young joining you on the eve of the midterms. At least in terms of this podcast, we only have one Patreon episode separating us from the final episode that we're going to put out that wraps up this entire cycle or does it? We'll get to that in a second. Oh man. The time has come. The time has come. I've talked to everybody. I've been to most of these States. I'm about to go to another state. I'm about to go to Nevada, but yet I've run out of time. I got to settle on where I'm going to land on the spectrum of possibilities. Is it going to be a wave watch or will that old Fox Joe Biden box everybody out and prove he still has some old tricks? Maybe we start to get talk of shy Democrats that don't want to talk to pollsters. And that's why things were off. Why things looked dire Oh, the hand-wringing in the media, could you imagine? But I need one more consultation. One more person whose opinion I genuinely care about and respect. And it had to be our boy, Bill Scher. Bill Scher is uh, not only a writer, but also uh, a political historian. I I remember the first time that I talked to Bill Scher, one of the things that we really bonded over was the fact that he had a podcast called uh, When America Worked. And we were both inspired by the same podcast, Cocaine and Rhinestones. And that's really what I I took a lot of uh, inspiration for, specifically for Raise the Dead and also a little bit for uh, World's Greatest Con. But I trust Bill's understanding of history. And whenever I make my calls, you know that I'm a fundamentals guy. I very much believe that we are going, we see patterns for a reason. And so I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to get his opinion on where he believes things are going to land in the spectrum of possibilities. And then at the end of that interview, stay tuned. because I'm going to give you where I think things are going to land. You can hold me to it while we watch the midterms together. That will be at px3live.com, letter P, letter X, number three, live.com on Tuesday, joined by an all-star cast, including my co-hosts on We're Not Wrong, Jen Briney and Andrew Heaton, my co-hosts on Great Night and the star of World's Greatest Con, Brian Brushwood, uh, and a host of others. But first, let's go ahead and welcome Bill Share to the podcast. Welcome to the show, Bill. It's great to be with you. All right. So uh, um, let me let me lay out for you what I am deeming my spectrum of possibilities for the midterms. And then okay. we will see uh, uh, where you stand. And then then we can help by the end of this episode. Mm. I want to come up with where, where where I stand. So we'll talk through them. The first is gas leak optimism for the Democrats. So something that goes so well that you should check the the, the piping around your house because there might be your brain might be deprived of oxygen. And that is uh, the Democrats keep or increase their lead in the House and uh, increase their lead in the Senate. So they they come out with. 51 or 52, something to either half erase the mansion cinema problem or fully erase Mm -hmm. the mansion cinema problem. Mm -hmm. That obviously would be 
a dream scenario, it would uh, entirely rewrite what our narratives are and what some of the polling has said. And again, if this happens and you are a Democrat, please, please check around you and make sure that everything is fine. The second is Dark Brandon's Last Stand. This is probably the most realistic a case for optimism for the Democrats. They do lose the House, but it's by a thin margin, just enough to actually put the Freedom Caucus as the the actual swing votes for the Republicans, which is not terrible for, for the Democrats to be able to point to that and say, this is what Republican power looks like leading into 24. They maintain a 50-50 edge in the Senate, and that looks pretty good. For Joe Biden, the old fox did it again. He was able to stem the tide, hold the fort. Maybe this thing is is not nearly as bad as you might think. So that's Dark Brandon's last stand. Mm -hmm. If we switch over the horizon and now go into the optimism for the Republican side, Mm -hmm. this is the old crow calls at midnight. Mitch McConnell back in charge. Republicans get the Senate by about 51. And now that Republican lead goes more onto the 25 seat, uh, you know, uh, a level, something that doesn't make, you know, uh, Lauren Boebert the swing in every single House vote. And then there is Latuya Bay, Alaska, the largest tsunami to ever hit uh, American shores. That would be the absolute nightmare scenario for the Democrats, dream scenario for the Republicans. We're talking about 54 uh, uh, Senate seats enough because the map in 24 is very bad for the Democrats to put on the table the idea of a filibuster-proof majority past Mm -hmm. 24 in the Senate. And in the House, we're looking at anywhere between 35 to to 45, 50 seats, you know, wherever, however high you want to go. So Mm -hmm. those are my spectrum of possibilities uh, of just having heard them. Where do you think a week from today we are going to be? Well, I don't speak with great confidence. I'm not... Uh, and, and my record of hard predictions is very poor. So <laughs> don't don't look to me as someone who has some sort of deep inner inner wisdom, because I, I do not. For, for, um, for the record, this is why I did a spectrum, because I, like <laughs> you, am terrified, especially in midterms where you got to be guessing on these races. There's so many of them. This is why I'm making a spectrum and I'm not yeah. doing any kind of hard uh, uh, pick state by state. Look, I, I I don't think Dems keep the House. I mean, obviously, which is hardly a brave prediction. Yeah. And uh, almost every circumstance, the uh, the out party picks up uh, picks up seats. Uh, the average since World War II is twenty six seats. They only need five. Uh, I've I've written some optimistic pieces over the course of the year, detailing how Democrats could defy history. But the benchmarks that I have set up have not been met. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm not expecting that. Uh, now, at the same time, I I don't feel like the data is suggesting tsunami. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you certainly could have something of an of an average pickup in the house, which would be. Uh, you know, in the twenties, uh, my, I'm actually, I, I just did a show with my, you know, I do a podcast with conservative Matt Lewis and we gave mm-hmm. our hard predictions. And I said 19, which was a little below average okay. you know, for, for Republican pickup. And, but again, not, I'm, I'm, as I said, those are for entertainment purposes only. That's not sure. like me. Yeah. Don't go to the bank on, reputation no. on the line. Um, but the Senate, you know, I mean, oh, there's various Definitions of what a wave is, and I've also written about this recently. One of them is a wave carries second tier candidates, long shot candidates, candidates who otherwise would not win. Uh, And we have on the Senate side a Republican slate, which, quite frankly, is the worst field of candidates ever put up by a party. In all of American history, uh, Blake That's Masters, a strong Herschel Walker. Statement. That's a strong prove, statement. Prove, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Like well, maybe 2010, maybe 20 with Christine O'Donnell <sighs> and Sharon Angle. Uh, I mean, sure. Yeah. Let me push back on that, though, because this is something that I've heard a lot throughout the summer and and uh, uh, throughout the beginning of the fall. And, and there's no question that we have a lot of neophyte candidates. We have a lot of rookie candidates on, on, on the Republican side. 
But if they all win, or if a, a, well, a well, they majority they, they of could them win, win. I'm not saying they yeah. can't win, but they would win. They would not win because they were good. If well, they win, it's because of the whole the broader environment. I mean, you haven't Blake Masters, a guy who said you, you, you should check out the Unabomber's writings; they're really good. Uh, you have the Herschel Walker. I'm super pro life, and I may have paid for abortions. Uh, JD Vance, who uh, went off to San Francisco and made a killing, and uh, just disparaged Trump and reversed on everything to be super Ohio Trump guy. Yeah, Doctor Oz, who uh, doesn't even live in Pennsylvania, was doing tours of his New Jersey mansion two years ago. Uh, these are objectively horrible candidates. Could still win. Could totally win. Uh, but I think I don't think Republicans put up their best. They're not sending us their best. Uh, and so, since I am, I think. This is not a bona fide wave year. I okay. don't think most of those candidates, well, except for, I think Vance wins. Um, but I don't think Oz, Walker, uh, Masters. And Masters win. I do think Laxalt gets in there in Nevada. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm essentially predicting a wash. Dems flip Pennsylvania. Republicans flip Nevada. Yep. That evens out. Democrats hold 50-50 in the Senate. So then you are saying exactly Dark Brandon's last stand. This is this Correct. is the most Just realistic, barely. optimistic position that you could say for the Democrats. Yes. And of course, that could be totally wrong. I mean, I, of course, I, I, can't, of course. I can't give a QED, no way something else happens argument. Look, there is a, a lot of reason for uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of close polling at the same time. We don't have a lot of polling, period. We have a we have a we have a decrease in the quantity yes. of polling. There's debates about quality, which I can't really adjudicate. Uh, but I think we're sort of light on polling, period. In certain races, you know, not much at all. Uh, and the big unknown with every election is the turnout. I know it's very cliche, but it's true. Uh, we don't know exactly where the turnout booms or busts are going to be. Pollsters make educated guesses on yes. who is a likely voter. Yes. There's no standard no. screen of what we all agree this makes a likely voter. No one really knows for absolute sure. Uh, I think that there is enough fear amongst Democrats about the state of democracy and about abortion rights, that you won't have a turnout bust on the Democratic side. And often you have wave years because the president's party has turnout bust because there's various frustrations. Things aren't working out the way you, you plan. There's, there's circular firing squads, uh, yep. all that kind of stuff. And I don't think we're having a lot of that on the Democratic side right now, which is why I think their turnout's going to be okay. Uh, not necessarily enough to, get, to keep the House, but enough to avoid total calamity. I am less optimistic on that. Uh, I, I I do think that there are going to be turnout problems. And and I think that part of it is because you've seen poll after poll. Obviously, the old cliche, it's the economy, stupid. And for any mm -hmm. stupids out there, it's mm -hmm. going to be the economy this year as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but also it's crime. And crime is something for which affects disproportionately cities. And it's cities for which... The, the Democrats count on for for turnout. And if there's anything that's going to keep people home, it, it's something like that. That, to me, would be the biggest worry if I were looking at a gigantic Democratic turnout. When I think about turnout bus, I think of it more as people in your ideological base being frustrated with their party and staying home. Yeah. You know, crime has the potential to flip people who are not hard ideologues, who might be Democratic leaners, but might be frustrated at crime in their area and actually go to the other side completely. And I think I, I think the major driver of this election is inflation, not crime. Yes. No, no, I, 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 would, I would agree with you. I, I would say that crime to me is issue two that that, that yeah. people would be talking about. Although although I mean, it, it was the magic word. As soon as the Republicans started saying it, a lot of these polls started going in, in, in the, the right direction for that. Well, I think it depends on the area for crime. I think crime is sort of 
area and race specific. Inflation is across the board. Yes, true. Everybody feels it in some way. Yeah. You might you you might be more tolerant of it uh, depending on your economic status or your political status, but we all feel it in some way. Uh, crime is a bit more perception uh, and also can be localized. Like Oregon, for example, like Portland is out of hand. Yeah. Portland is out of hand and it has been for a long time. Uh, uh, crime, homeless encampments, uh, drug overdoses. You have a specific situation out there where there was a voter approved drug decriminalization measure. Yep. Which the more conservatives are saying is to blame. Of course, like there's one. You know, so you, you have a three way race in Oregon for governor. Yeah. You have a nominal Democrat who's very conservative in a lot of areas. Betsy Johnson running as an independent spends most of her time attacking Democrats, less so on Republicans. Uh, as an ad where a woman says that her drug her, her son died from a drug overdose and it, and blames the law that the Democrat Tina Totec passed. Yeah. Well, t- t- Tina Totec didn't pass it herself in the legislature. It was passed by voter referendum. Yeah. Uh, and and Kotek says, yeah, I supported it, but I think it, I think there's implementation problems. I'd make these changes. Da, 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 da. Of course, these nuances don't get into the into the well, ad. But that's political um, ads, right? That's one of my oh, favorite. Sure, my, sure. Yeah, my, my, my favorite rhetorical thing is Kotek uh, and the Democrats, right? It's right, like whenever, right. whenever it's like like this person I'm running against and this larger force for which they had very little to do with. Right. But so you have this complicated set of factors in Oregon where there are very noticeable problems. They've festered for a while. The Democrats have had one party rule in the state for a very, very long time. Yep. And to the extent you want to blame that measure, I'm not, I'm not saying I do, but if you want to, it's the voters themselves that did it. <laughs> you yes. know, it's not, uh, and so it becomes a little. So, so if Democrats do 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 badly there, uh, you can point a fingers to a lot of places. But you 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 are seeing weaknesses in the, in the House candidates in a couple of the new newly drawn districts. Uh, as well as perhaps in the governor's race, because you got you got this three way three, three way split going on. Uh, you see in New York that the governor, the incumbent governor Kathy Hochul, who was a, uh, ascended, not elected, yep, because Cuomo resigned, yep, uh, hasn't been on the ballot as governor statewide before, uh, facing a very hard right candidate in Lee Zeldin, but has been laser focused on crime, yep, uh, and I don't think Zeldin wins. There's no point to suggest he's got he's made it that close. Uh but definitely Trafalgar. Is, Trafalgar had him well, tied. Trafalgar. I mean, Trafalgar, I mean, they like literally just like add Republicans to their numbers. I mean, it's like I mean, I'm not like making it up. It's like a state is I mean, they, they are they, they are they are they are an apolar with, with 538. Yeah. You go you look at 2020, look at the 2020 presidentials, they got a lot of Biden Trump calls wrong. Yes, because uh, they are very wedded to shy Trump voter theory, and they just l- literally just skew the polls themselves. So I, I wouldn't, I would never hang my hat on a Trafalgar number. Like they may get lucky sometimes because pull, people get undercounted in other ways, or there's late momentum that that wasn't picked up. But it's not because Trafalgar has like figured it out, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> but you may see, but the Democrat, the, the, I'm sorry, New York has a lot of redrawn districts because the Democrats overshot. Their gerrymandering got struck yeah. down by the courts, and they got like uh, five of ten districts that are competitive that wouldn't yeah. otherwise have been. Uh, and if Zeldin overperforms but doesn't win, uh, and de- and en- enough Democrats are mad about crime because Zeldin stirred that pot, uh, does that help Republicans win more House races? That's House totally seats. possible. Wisconsin, Mandela Barnes. Here's somebody who. Uh, said some defundish things in the aftermath of George Floyd in 2020 yeah. uh, and uh, in 2018, but he's Lieutenant governor right now running for Senate current governor, Tony Evers. Uh, they ran in 2018 on, uh, on criminal justice reform and talking about reducing uh, mass incarceration. Uh, and there have been some controversial parole decisions made there. Uh, so you have some you have some hard stuff. I'm not saying that every attack on them has been fair, uh, but there are you can take you can make ads with Mandela Barnes's own audio and video. Yes. Uh, so it puts a little bit extra oomph is, is, into that is, kind of ad. Is Mandela Barnes a good or a bad candidate? I mean, he has proven. I mean, and look, 
could still win. I mean, I'm not writing him off here. The, I the am. Polls are still I am close. writing him off, and I do think that Ron Johnson was a very <laughs> vulnerable candidate, and so I yeah, would be I on. Mean, I would be on the side to say that somewhere between bad campaign or bad candidate, that that's <laughs> what I would hang on Mandela Barnes. And look, and I in my predictions with on DMZ, I I, I gave it to Johnson, so I'm not saying yeah. I'm saying expect Barnes to win, but Johnson's not running away with it. Uh, and, but the, but the, he is. This is the one case where you have a clear lead change in the polls for, yeah. as, as far as Senate races are concerned, yeah. uh, specifically after the Johnson campaign and other Republican operations attacked Barnes on crime. Yes. Very hard, very hard ads using his words. Yes. Which Barnes did not adequately inoculate himself from doing. Uh, so it's not like so. So I, I certainly see crime playing a role in some of these races, uh, but you still don't see crime rising to the top of the most important issue list nationally. Uh, and I think inflation is the much bigger irritant. Without a doubt. If we had if if inflation was licked completely okay. before this month, sure. I don't think Republicans could do nearly as well on crime alone. I don't think crime has gotten that bad in the country. What you have is people like Barnes who have said things well outside the mainstream because Sir Democrats got uh, uh, got heady, yeah, and took positions or said things that uh, don't look as well a couple of years later. So this, this, is, this is this is one of my other things is that uh, especially on the polls of saying like you know if the Democrats totally outperform and mm-hmm. turns out Dobbs was the actual thing it was just lingering under the surface and that drew all the uh, Democrats out and and they do fantastic relative to expectations or the Republican side is trying to pick out which simmering feuds that already mm-hmm. exist will now become absolute gang warfare because everybody's going to be pointing fingers. And on the Democratic side, I think, number one, it'll be Joe Biden. And number two, it'll be progressives because uh, uh, it'll be why did you ever drag anything that sounds like to fund the police to our door. Why did we ever listen to you instead of talking about Medicare and Social Security, which is how we've won races forever from here on out? It's just Fleetwood Mac. We're bringing back 92 <laughs> Bill Clinton. That's it. That, that's all we're We're triangulating from here to 24. I mean, there's a reason why Democrats passed a crime bill in 1894. Yep. Uh, uh, what's weird is by and large, Democrats already got this message. Democrats passed legislation this in this Congress yeah. to increase funding for police. They there's they they increased funding for police um, uh, in a bill that got signed by by Clinton. I think I think that was in the I think it was in the rescue plan. Um, uh, and then you have a separate bill that just passed the House, now you get the Senate, which also had some some money for police that was, you know, hotly negotiated, but they but they got everyone behind it. And what's what's really weird to me is they the House Democrats spent a lot of time, yeah, trying to get that package of police bills passed, and I see almost no mentions of it. In the campaign. Yeah. Like, why would you? It's one thing to say, look, we're, we 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 can't win of an ad war over crime. Let's talk about something else. Like, I kind of get that. But like, you did the work legislatively, yeah. presumably so House incumbents could say, look what I did. I nod to fund the police or I passed this bill. And and, and forgive me if I, I it's hard to, to, to track every single ad that's out there. So if someone wants to yell at me and say, hey, they are doing this. Please let me know. Everyone's doing everything everywhere. But but in general, (laughs) it's like, look, there is a tenor for which the brand of the Democrats and the brand of the Republicans will matter, especially in these House races where people might not have seen a a television ad. People might not have seen any of these candidates (laughs) speak. That happens all the time. It is a national brand that motivates voters. Well, there just was a CBS poll that that asked. And so I have seen a question asked this way. They asked a series of questions. If the Democrats win Congress, do you think they will blank? Yes. If Republicans win Congress, do you think they will do blank? And a majority think Democrats are going to cut police funding yep. and open the U.S.-Mexico border. Like two yeah. things that they are not running on. Yeah. Uh, and 
Uh, and, and in the case of police funding, literally did the opposite yes. <laughs> while in power. Yeah. And, 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 and Democratic mayors, we have a whole, you know, Eric Adams, London Breed, uh, uh, I forget the guy's name, Minneapolis, uh, uh, Buffalo. Like Democrats have been winning mayor's races on tough on crime messages. Yep. Yep. So it's weird that they're getting hammered for this, but they're getting hammered because a handful of people said things that that uh, Republicans were able to, to cherry pick and highlight, or in some cases, like like in, in New York, you know, they I think they actually passed. Forgive me if I'm, if I'm fuzzy here. I think they actually passed uh, uh, cash bail reform. Yeah. So you know, cash bail has a. Uh, reasonable basis you shouldn't be stuck in prison just because you're poor the judgment should be based on whether you're a threat to society or not yes. if you think you are if you think you're a threat to uh people's well-being then okay you don't get to go run free until your trial uh but that should be a judgment made not based on what's in your bank account uh but in the ad wars if you said you're against cash bail that's a juxtaposed with your security footage of violent crimes. And it's because of people like you that let people out on the streets. And that's why we have crime today, uh, which is obviously a very uh, unfair characterization. But because Democrats did did not do nearly enough spade work to explain these positions. Yeah. You know, they're caught vulnerable on it. Uh, but I think but I think they by and large get the message that they can't be seen as soft on crime. So. On one hand, it's not hard for them to emphasize that further post-election uh, loss, but there will be a lot of circular firing squad uh, oh, yeah. blood on the floor because you do have a faction who are really adamant about being uh, anti-police, uh, and uh, uh, and and so they and they won't go away quiet. And they are often the most charismatic, the youngest, and those who are the most telegenic and the ones that get a lot of attention put on them. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to take a second to let you know that this is an amazing weekend to go to TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Because if you go to TakePoliticsSeriously.com, then you're going to get the the audio that we are recording while I am in Nevada. Uh, there, we, we actually know some events that we are going to go to. Uh, Friday night, there is a big rally for Adam Laxalt that features John Barrasso, the senator, Rick Grinnell, former national intelligence director, uh, and more. It's going to be... Uh, interesting to see what that reaction is. You guys know how much I love to see where the crowd is. I like to see where this, how the staff is feeling. It's going to be interesting. Going to be interesting to see. So head on over there. Take politicsseriously.com. That's where you need to go and uh, uh, get on the $3 level. You get your custom RSS feed. Everything that we're uploading from Vegas, it's going to be right there. All right. That's it. Let's get back to talking to Bill. I got to figure this out. Uh, let me uh, uh, pivot real quick. Can I tell you a conspiracy theory I've heard about the lack of polling? Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's imagine that we are going to be in a scenario in a few months where Joe Biden is either being actively primaried or has announced that he's not going to run. At which point we have two big money primaries for which the money has never been higher in these kind of campaigns. So if you're a polling firm and the media dollars have not been what, what, what they once were, the big ticket money is going to be being hired as private pollsters for this gigantic raft of people that are all going to be running for president. If that's the case, then what you don't want to do, the only way to win is not to play, because if you are running polling that turns out to be hilariously inaccurate, 
by the time that everybody is hiring these polling firms, then you are less likely to get hired. And so you be very careful. You stay within the guidelines. You don't release outlier polls if you don't have to, unless that's your brand and you're betting one way or another. And that's the reason why we have just by and large seen less. That is a conspiracy theory for which I have heard. Uh, I There are two main dots connecting there for that to, to work with me personally. And I also apologize for my loud dog. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think we're seeing less polling because polling is expensive. Po- po- polling has gotten very expensive because people don't respond to polls. So they have to make more and more calls yeah. to, to get enough people to have a, enough sample to have a poll. And uh, more and more media outlets don't want to spend the resources on that. Uh, and and to the, the pollsters are sort of left on the field. Uh, you're seeing more experimentations with internet polling and such, which uh, you know are promising. But it's we're still in a, we're still in kind of a brave new world where no one really knows what is more accurate than something else. And we a- a- everyone and we is ha- still in mourning for the death of the landline. The landline yeah, was yeah. the golden, the golden uh, tube into America's yeah. psyche that has now right. been severed. It's now much, much easier to screen out pollster calls, and so yep. uh, it's harder and harder to find people who will participate. Uh, so we're, so we're really flying blind in a lot of areas. You know, there are certain races that are being barely polled at all, uh, yep. which could well mean a lot of surprises uh, on election election night. Uh, and I, so I don't, I don't discount weird things happening in say Iowa or North Carolina or Oklahoma, uh, just because we have can't, can't, I saw the second poll yet for Kansas governor I mean, two entire polls, yeah. uh, or the, for the, of the entire season. Uh, so weird things can happen when you're not, we're not paying attention. And, and I think people we're, we're, we've gotten so focused on, hammering polls for being wrong that we've forgotten that polls aren't supposed to be perfectly right. Poll, I, we, nope. I just wrote about this in Real Clear Politics. We used to always say, media used to always say, this is just a snapshot. This is not a prediction. Uh, there's a margin of error. You know, these things with these carrots you, were always hammered into us, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And we're not doing that anymore. You know, even a poll that comes out, you know, November 6th is, is getting data from three days prior. And Stuff happens in the last few days. Sometimes uh, you have well, yeah, a lot. The, the, of- the, 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 the New York Times Siena poll that came out in Pennsylvania, which had Fetterman up five, which is a great number for Fetterman, but it happened a half a day and a half of it was before the debate. Which yes, uh, uh, I will never say that a Senate debate is going to change a race, <laughs> but I think that that Senate debate might change that race. Well, we do just today. You might not say just today. Monmouth came out with a poll that had Fetterman up four. Okay, uh, and and that uh, was it was all taken afterward. Yes, and they and they asked specific debate related questions. Debate related questions. Uh, okay, uh, and you know, sort of came away with you know, you know, sort of some concern, but not so much that I change people's opinions. You know, kind yeah. of thing. Uh, now, again, I but still, there's still days to come. Maybe he says something else between now and election day that gets people uh, yep. upset. You know, I, one race that really I'm fascinated by is Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs, Carrie Lake. Uh, uh, me too. And uh, I, I again, I'm not like staking my life on it, but like I, ha- I have some hope for Hobbs still. I think Hobbs can pull this out. Uh, now, really, we're, we're, talk- we're, we're talking. We're talking on November second. Yeah, we're talking Wednesday, November second. Yeah, because if we're talking about bad candidates, uh, 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 hey, I mean, I'm not arguing. Moly. I'm not arguing. Kitty Hobbs is a great candidate. That's not. That's not the case. Um, is she playing the card she's dealt with well? That's that. That to me is the question. I would uh, also say no. Yes. Well, so just let, let me hear me out here. So just yesterday, Tuesday, November first, three polls came out. I'm not. There's one by like Andover High School, which I'm not counting here. Okay. Uh, we had a Fox poll. We had a New York Times poll. We had a Univision poll. So three. Yes. And what we mean by Fox News, their polling is considered to be a more credible outlet. It is. Uh, and uh, I, if I remember correctly. Uh, Fox had Lake up by one. The Times had it dead heat. Univision and Univision always has a, an extra healthy Latino sample, um, which uh, often considered important in states where they have Latino populations because that can be a hard community to poll. Um, um, excuse me for my dog. Uh, <laughs> they had a registered voters Lake up two likely voters dead heat. Yeah. So I mean, just a bare minimum. 
This is a nail-biter race. Carrie Lake is not running away with this race. There's one poll that came out a few days ago that had her up by 11. That's a clear outlier. Uh, I mean, yes. the totality of the polling is Lake up by a little, right? Uh, and the question then becomes, we have several examples of races in the last cycles where people do overcome one point, two point deficit, sometimes more in the final averages. Cinema was behind in the final average against McSally in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, again, Arizona. Uh, someone else, you might say, ran a bland, uninspiring campaign. Curse I, you want to know what you I think I forget that it was you that said this on Twitter. I would not right. put Kirsten yes. Cinema and, and Katie, Katie Hobbs in the same sentence. Kirsten Cinema <laughs> is so much more of a dynamic personality than Katie Hobbs you, you, is. And yes, she you, ran she ran a centrist campaign, but I don't think it was a boring one. It was it was a boring campaign. You you go watch you watch some cinema ads and some cinema debates. I'm not saying that that, that Hobbes is of the same quality as cinema. She was not lighting anyone's fire. Cinema in 2018. This was a robotic talking point scripted campaign. Uh, I think I think it was Gaga because she over had O'Rourke and Stacey Abrams. Um, Which, yeah, no, the the the, the 150 million dollar twins, the the two of them right. that haven't led in a single poll. Right, right. Now, what is going to happen these last few days with in Arizona? Now, again, I, yeah. I, I'm not trying not to be too clamboyant here, but my feeling from what I'm mm-hmm. seeing recently is you're seeing Democrats, not just in Arizona, but generally lean in on democracies on the ballot. I think they are recognizing like, OK, we've, we've maxed out on abortion as much as we can. Inflation and crime. These are not our these are not our winning subjects. Yeah. But if we can get people to focus on you're on the verge of nominating crazy people who are going to literally uh, reject election results, that is beyond the pay. I mean, polling shows that most Americans don't want candidates like that. Uh, even you know, moderate-ish Republicans don't want candidates like that. And the question yeah. is, can you make them prioritize that issue on election day? Uh, now, a lot of Republican candidates around the country are being savvy and they're kind of standing down their rough edges. They're not they're emphasizing mm-hmm. election denialism. They're saying, oh, oh, uh, Joe Biden's legitimate. That's why the economy is so bad. You know, that, 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 that kind of thing. Um, Harry Lake is one who leans in harder on election denialism than most and is not running away when, when she's asked, will you accept the election results if you lose? I'll accept the election results when I win. Uh, you know, she's doing stuff like that. She's campaigning with Steve Bannon. You know, she's there is nothing she is doing to edge away from the extreme edge I mean, and, of the Republican and Party. And Glenn Youngkin. And Glenn Youngkin. Well, like, Youngkin, like, is, Youngkin is trying to like you know, ride Carrie Lake's coattails. Yeah, and and um other denier coattails. Um so Obama's going to Arizona today. So we're taping before he speaks in Arizona. Yes. He yes, was in Nevada yes. yesterday. And he I was heard in Nevada yesterday. I heard him say in Nevada, rem- re- reminiscing how when he ran against John McCain, that John McCain graciously conceded when he lost. And that's the way things used to be. Uh, now he's going to Arizona where John, John McCain Republicans still exist. You know, we have Republicans in Arizona, like the the speaker. Uh, who just lost his primary because he wouldn't be an election denier. We had a 60 minutes segment just this past Sunday where Arizona Republicans like the current attorney general were calling these deniers grifters. You know, there is a constituency of sane Republicans in in Arizona. Now, they may consolidate around Carolyn and Blaise Masters because they hate the Democrats even more. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not making a prediction here. But if you have Obama coming in and you get headlines about election denialism. I mean, just like Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin, if you're saying things I, that are beyond the pale that you can put in the ads, then the punch is easier to land. Then you got to look, if it was going to be that issue, though, I think it would have been this issue already. It's not like this is new. Uh, it's well, on the, 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 the fact, I don't the fact think, that it's settled, you can that that. settled onto this means that there was a failure to pivot before the the the, the Dobbs decision ran out things, of gas. Things can break late, especially in close races. And you, when you have a candidate like Kerry Lake, who is not clever enough to pivot off, and you have, I mean, you got to generate the headlines. I mean, why is abortion not the thing right now? There's no fresh abortion stories. If you had a 10-year-old who was forced to have an abortion yesterday, then it might be a bigger issue today. But that happened you know, two months ago. Uh, can you make it the thing? 
that moves late deciders. Now, Arizona is an all-male state or mo- mostly male state. So late decider yeah. only helps you so much. So you got to make those moves earlier. If you're doing it between the Wednesday and the Sunday of the last week in a race that looks like a one-point race. Uh, that, I, 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 and, I do and, agree it'll be closer than 11. I do it'll be cr- <laughs> agree that it'll be closer to 11. I do think that there's more of a chance that the Wednesday after the midterms, we are talking about Kerry Lake being the next superstar of the Republican Party than we are Katie I, I, Hobbs. I cannot discount that possibly in any respect. Look, Katie Hobbs is objectively meh all the time. Like she is not good on TV. She uh, she is not running uh, an aggressive. Um, uh, campaign she's not, trail. She's not a strategy. beloved local television anchor, which Carrie she Lake is. Not. is. She is not. I, I, all these things are. If you want to come to me and say I think Carrie Lake's going to win because of X, Y, and Z, solid argument. Like I'm not going to yeah. say it's a bad argument. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And part of this debate is: Did Katie Hodge make a mistake in not debating Carrie Lake? Should she have looked Carrie Lake in the eye? Yes. And hit her on this election denialism stuff, and hit her on abortion, uh, and uh, tried to debunk her in real time. Uh, and I think there is a, you know, proof will be in the pudding when we eat it. Yeah. Uh, but I think seeing how this is going as of late, I think it is possible that Katie Hobbs might successfully rope a dope this when the focus gets off of Hobbs and stays on Carrie Lake and it becomes a referendum on is Carrie Lake too crazy to be governor? Because that's what you want, that's what Hobbs wants the race to be. If you have a debate when you can't fact check in real time because the moderators suck. The guy who was going to moderate the Carrie Lake Katie Hobbs debate for Arizona PBS was the moderator for the GOP primary debate where Carrie Hobbs just steamrolled that guy completely. And she was saying these are factually untrue. And the moderator did did not call her out on it. I mean, he asked some questions, but it wasn't like you're wrong. The way John Carl ABC said in his speech, like, here's where Carrie Lake is wrong. That people smart did not do that. The more sane Republican. Uh, at one point, Carrie Lake like, became the moderator <laughs> and said, yes. raise your hand if the 23 election was rigged. And the more moderate Republican said, I'm not going to play with your stunt, Carrie. That person lost because yeah. in that TV show, you can't. There was there was somebody in charge and somebody liar. not in charge. All right. Let me ask so you about Obama Katie real quick. Make the focus on her where people can fact check her in real time. Okay. All right. All right. We 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 understand. You are you are bullish. You are bullish on Hobbs. We disagree there. But let me talk about Obama real quick because he has yeah, been barnstorming yeah, yeah. around the country. And the thing that comes to mind when I watch him speak is the old Saturday Night Live sketch, Nick Burns, your company's computer guy, where he is just so frustrated with these candidates that he's stumping for that he's giving these vintage, like he's pulling it out of the out of the closet. These like oh eight primary level energy speeches. And they're about Medicaid and Social Security and what the Republicans are going to do to your social safety net if you allow them into uh, uh, into power. Things that have been bread and butter issues for Democrats for a very, very long time is this to me is him saying, move. Let me show you how it's done. Let me show you what uh, actually gets people out to vote. Uh, do you think that the Democrats have strayed too far from that level of messaging in favor of democracy is on the ballot and not a more traditional? This is what Republicans do when they're in power and and they are going to erode grandma's uh, uh, retirement. Well, the thing, the the clip of Obama that went viral about that was when he was in Wisconsin. Yes. Talking about Ron Johnson and Ron Johnson. Yes. Again, he has said a lot of things on the record over the years and recently to strongly indicate he wants to gut Social Security. So yes. that is a fat target for Ron Johnson. You can't say that about every single Republican on the ballot right now. Not that I don't think they might not do it, but it's like, what do you have? That, where's the videotape? You know, Blake Masters has had stuff like that. So you can hit him on that in Arizona. Um, yeah, you can hit him in any state with seniors, the seniors that but, vote and the seniors that are going to vote Republican but, if you don't scare them enough. But it, but it can come across like a cheap scare tactic if you don't have the fodder I mean, they got if the other side is democracy is on the ballot, really, we're going to worry about hyperbole. Well, again, what do you have to work with? So I'm curious what Obama emphasizes in Arizona. I, I, mean, I mean, he he hit all these issues in Nevada. It wasn't just democracy on the ballot, but I thought he was leaning harder on democracy in Nevada last night. Yeah. Whereas he leaned much harder on Social Security in Wisconsin. So I'm curious to see what he does in Arizona. Uh, 
And the, I suspect Democrats are going to go in hard on democracy in general because, well, I mean, there is polling data to suggest people don't don't want deniers. Uh, yeah. Uh, just like just like it, crime is not the issue for most people. But if you got something on record saying something that seems really out of whack, then it's going to scare people. Yeah. Uh, so you got to the question becomes, can you elevate the issue? Uh, Social Security is a winning issue when you got your stars in the line. Uh, but I don't, think they, I don't think they have it for every race down the line. All right. Well, you've given me a lot to think about. I'm going to do I'm going to I'm going I'm to take some time and then I'll do my I'll, I'll do my 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 official uh, uh, slotting of, of where where I'm going to put my my predictions. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your wisdom and expertise on this subject. Actually, one more question before I get you out yeah, the door. Sure. As somebody who has followed these races and and you are a, a, a political uh, historian in the way that I aspire to be. Have you ever seen more gruesome faces of death style campaign ads than this this cycle? I feel like it has been unique in how many of these crime ads that the Republicans are running are just like shootings and and hit and runs and smash and grabs like not stock footage real footage of actual well, yeah. crimes that are murders like uh, and beyond whether or not you think they're fair or not just the idea that this is on television is is kind of remarkable to me well we, we kind of move from like liberal or socialist being the boogie word and now dangerous is the word in fact you see both parties use dangerous as, yes. a, as a as a as a hit word in, in their ads uh I think there's definitely I'm sure that they've done the market research to show that real security footage, you know, gets you right in the gut. Plays like you see it on local TV news all the time. Actually, I was in PR for a nonprofit many years ago uh, in relation to issues involving domestic violence in the workplace. Some were trying to pitch article, pitch stories to TV stations. And the first thing I always get was, do you have security footage? Do you have a video you can give me? Because that's what that's yeah. what our viewers want. Uh, so uh it, it clearly, ha I'm not saying it's going to work in every race, but like I think it has like a visceral punch to it that is, and, and, and it's much easier to get your hands on now because of the technologies uh, that that we have. Uh, so yeah, I, I do think uh, it, it's only going to scare Democrats straight in terms of <laughs> how they're going to position themselves on crime no. for the next several years. Uh, but I also want to add one more thing that maybe is a little tangential. Excuse me for going on a little bit too, too Please, long. Please go ahead. Um, but I do think, and I wrote about this for the Washington Monthly, uh, something that we, we don't seem to really have paid a lot of attention to, we've had some very big swings in the House in the last several midterms. You know, the average yes. midterm going back after World War II is 26 seats, but after, from 2006 to 2018, is 37 seats. You know, mm -hmm. Democrats picked up 30 in 2006, Republicans picked up 63 in 2010, uh, Democrats picked up 41 in 2018. And now we're talking about something on the order of, you know, uh, 20s or 30s, you know, for Republicans. I mean, if, over the, if they come in lower than that, they come more like teens. You might say, you know what? Yeah, you took the house, you know, bravo. No, but yeah, no, that, that is that is, in my mind, the most realistic best option, because, uh, again, it it puts a gigantic magnifying glass on the Freedom Caucus. And that is what the the the, the, right. the Democratic Party wants big time. Well, also may make it impossible for us to keep the government open or you know pay our debts and yep. cause a global economic meltdown. But that aside, that aside, uh, I think we're in a period of high political volatility. And there were arguments before we know that we're polarized, but polarization doesn't automatically mean volatility. I mean, polarization means people are sort of fixing their position. There's yeah. not a lot of movement. Uh wild swing suggests there is a one, there's a middle. Yep. That swings. And two, your some of your polarizing elements on the fringes, they engage intermittently. Yeah. Uh, so you can't always count them to be there for you. And that can also add to you know political instability. Uh, so the crime thing is just one more crisis in a decade plus of cascading crises. Iraq yeah. War, Great, Great Recession, uh, Trumpism. Pandemic, uh, inflation, uh, all these things keep happening one after another, and it's causing a lot of pendulum swinging. Uh, that, and we're going to have it to some degree 
this uh, this time around. But uh, and cr- crime is an element to something that makes you nervous and fearful about the future, uh, which inflation does also in spades, which is why I think Democrats were sort of uh, foolish to to downplay. They, they, they didn't realize that. Sure, inflation might be temporary in the bigger scheme of things, but when you're in the middle of it, it feels scary because you don't know what the next week's going to be like. You don't know how much, how long it's going to last for, how high it's going to go. The polarization may be saying that keeps things relatively stable. That the the pendulum swing is not as wide as it could have been. Yeah, because Democrats will remain engaged and not just take a powder on this election. Uh, But. I think we're in a period of, of 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 volatility, no matter what the exact numbers are. Uh, it's, it's just it's just a question of degree this time around. Bill, share where can people find more of your work? Uh, Washington Monthly, Real Clear Politics. Uh, got some brewing it for Politico. It might come out uh, later this month. Uh, and find me on Twitter, at least for the time being, unless Elon Musk drives me off. Uh, I'm on Twitter <laughs> at Bill, Bill Share, B I L L S C H E R. All right, man. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay. All right. This is it. Don't get scared now. Where am I going to say the midterms will land? Gas leak optimism. The Democrats stave off disaster. In fact, they improve their position. They gain a seat in the Senate. They stave off losing the House. Well, friend, I don't see it. There's a reason why I called it gas leak optimism, because I do think that it is unlikely. I'm not going to say that it happens. I think that the 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 Democrats are definitely losing the House. So let's go ahead and move to Dark Brandon's last stand. Dark Brandon's last stand. Okay, so a, a very thin majority for the Republicans, 15 seats. That's consistent with some of the models. Let's let's remember that when the Republicans had gigantic swings, like 60 seat swings in the past, the generic ballot was up at like six, seven, eight percent in their favor. So the question is exactly how useful the generic ballot is in our modern world where Republicans are harder to poll. So. I do think they're losing the House. But I also think they're losing the Senate. I think that either Oz or Walker are going to win. And I just realized that it's kind of faded now that I'm definitely going to Georgia for a runoff. Because months ago, my brother and I decided that we were going to make a new tradition in in our in our family, and we were going to go see a Pittsburgh Steelers game every year, and we're going to keep doing it until his kids are a little older, and then eventually it'll be a trip for us to go with the kids. Now, I tell you all this. To tell you this, the game we chose is the Pittsburgh Steelers playing the Atlanta Falcons. That game is on December 4th. That means I'm going to be in Georgia for the week of December 6th when the runoff is. So I'm not a big fate guy, but I do believe that either Warnock or Walker are going to cross the threshold at 50. So let's table that for now. I I do think I just, I just kind of believe that the stroke hurt Fetterman too much. And I know that we're in a polarized society, but I think Oz has run a good enough campaign. I don't know if he ran a great campaign. But I think Laxalt's going to win, and I got a feeling that Oz is going to win. And if he doesn't, I do believe that Walker has a shot in a runoff. I know that Scrimshaw has come on the show repeatedly and said that he doesn't. I'll have to eat crow with him if I'm wrong. I think the Republicans are taking the Senate. So that brings us 
to the old crow calls at midnight. Mitch McConnell is back on top. But do I go the step further? Do I say that Blake Masters is going to win? Do I say that Joe O'Day has a shot in Colorado? Do I say that Mr. Bulldops gets Swifty in New Hampshire? Is this Latuya Bay, Alaska? I don't have it in me. I don't got the scrot. I'm sorry, folks. If, if some of y'all thought that I was going to go and really swing for the fences, no, no, no. I am truly a milk toast coward. So this is where I land. The old crow calls at midnight. I believe that the Republicans will take the Senate. I believe that they will take the House. And I'm going to guesstimate it around 25 to 30 seats. So that means that they're going to you know, win 30 or 40 or something like that. And that's my prediction. The old crow calls at midnight. Republicans take the Senate. Republicans take the House. And we are officially on Will Biden run watch. And that'll wrap it up for us today. Politics, politics, politics is written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. Our show was edited by Brett Stewart. If you would like to thank Bill Share for coming on and talking our ear off for this program, then please go to px3guest.com. Just like Scrimshaw, uh, uh, I, I don't care if you like his politics. He has taken time out of his day to come on this program for your benefit. It would greatly, greatly, greatly make me happy if they got a little deluge of love this week. Uh, uh, you know, I don't pay these people anything. It, it helps that people are nice to them on Twitter. So if you could do that, it's free as long as you have Twitter. Thank you, thank you, thank you. px3guest.com. Send me your email, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. I'm going to do an AMA after the midterms. So uh, go ahead and go ahead and send uh, uh, send those uh, questions because I'm not going to want to do a whole lot of work. So uh, I would like to just sit here and answer your questions. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, it is at px3tweets. If you want to see our live midterm coverage, it is px3live.com. Share this podcast with your friends, family, and clergy, px3podcast.com. If you would like to support our coverage of the midterms or politics in general with a one-time donation, you can do so via PayPal, paypal.me slash payjury. Venmo is justin-young-20. Our cash app is px3cash. And you can send anything you'd like in the mail, P.O. Box 153184, Austin, Texas, 78715. Of course, you can always get our bonus content at takepoliticsseriously.com. $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week covering all the news that we miss on our free podcasting schedule. And the $10 tier gets your name read at the end of the show like these fine folks in the Titanic. $10 tier. Andres, Matt, Craig Potts, MC Dradio, Unsafe DB Levels, Katie, Amanda, Yield, Pinball Shop, DP4 Bongo, Catherine, Todd, Persons Familiar with the Matter, and Vote Gloria Young for King of the New World Order. Edison, Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right, B.A., Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100 Mile Runner, Aegis Arslandian, Blue Front and the Lenina, D.L., Stephen, Chad, Nomadic Terran, Diana, Turn 2, Miranda, Janelle, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul. Is awesome. Brad, Richard, just another pilot. Middle-aged Mike who loves Frank got abducted. Utah, Jimmy, Montana, the Gen A-L-D-L-D-L-D. Really? Chopper, Andrew, and Joshua. If you want your name read on the midterm results show, there's only one place you need to go. Take politics seriously dot com do i need to tell you what our next episode is do i need to tell you what we are covering in one week's time less than that i'll be fresh out the silver state with more perspective 
on this race, with more perspective on who's going to win the Senate, with more perspective on everything. And we're going to go all night long, making sure that we get you all of the political coverage you have been denied your entire life. Join me, px3live.com, one hour before the polls close on the East Coast. Until then, know this, friends. Some shows talk about politics. Others talk about politics and still more discuss politics. But this, this is the only to talk about. Oh, three. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.